the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I know a place where we can go to lay the troubles down eating your soul. This is Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. Now, your host, Eric Cartier, Senior Pastor of Rocky Mountain Calvary Church. Like a tide, it is rising up deep inside a current that moves and makes it come alive. Welcome back to Crosswalk Colorado Springs. This is Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary. Thanks so much for joining me. Hope that you're having a great day and traffic is not too bad uh, for you today. Have Chris Lawrence with me today. He lives here in the Springs and has survived uh, cancer and also has a powerful ministry called Hope Has Arrived, really helping people as they're diagnosed with cancer and uh, their loved ones. Well, I really wanted to dive into uh, your ministry as well, uh, Hope Has Arrived. And uh, do you mind sharing with me your own uh, battle uh, with cancer and what that was like for you and even what it's like today? Sure, yeah. Um, well, you know, I'm, I'm like a lot of people that when you go through cancer, it's pretty unexpected. I didn't see it coming. Uh, yeah. my wife and I, at the time we were, we were living in Longmont, Colorado. We had actually just moved up there from Colorado Springs and that was actually hard to leave the Springs then, but, uh, <laughs> we moved up there to help lead a outdoor ministry team and, you know, life was going well. We had just had our, our daughter. She was six months old at the time. And, you know, I started having some unexplained back pain, and it was really hmm. strange. I was, you know, very active, and I was actually training for some triathlons and other races, just just something fun on the side, you know. Um, yeah. I've always been a pretty healthy person, and uh, but it was, it was strange. I started having this lower back pain, and it didn't fit because I didn't really do anything to it. I didn't have an injury, like a history of injuries in my back. And I, I saw a physical therapist about it, and they said, oh— you just strained it, you know, give it time. This is going to get better. And it got progressively worse and got really strange. And I remember going to a sports orthopedic and it just kind of drug on for a few months, honestly. Mm. And uh, if people know about cancer, uh, we kind of blew the early detection thing, unfortunately. Um, but uh, so I finally pushed for an MRI and then this doctor calls us and he gives me the news that nobody wants to hear. He's like, yeah. Um, you know, it's cancer, and not only that, it's spreading from somewhere else. And, you know, it was just this news that just just stopped everything. You know, just mm-hmm. like someone put a, a bomb in the chimney of our house and it just blew up our life. You know, it's just like you have stage 4 cancer, you know. Mm-hmm. So I can't imagine. You're just going through life and then you get the pain and then you get the bad news. And what were the next, you know, steps for you? you know, how, how serious was your diagnosis and... Yeah, um, it was very serious. Uh, it, you know, it's a little bit of a blur. It's just such a, it, it just all happened in, at once. But I just, I mean, I remember the fear. And I think other people that go through cancer, they know this. It's just, 
you know, it's the fear of the future. What does this mean? I think for me, I was especially afraid, you know, what's this going to mean for my wife and my daughter? Yeah. And, uh, you know, Elizabeth and I have been married for uh, maybe four years at that point. Um, but, uh, you know, we had wait, waited a little bit longer in our life to get married. It was like early 30s. And I was like, this is the girl I want to spend. Like, you know, my grandparents celebrated 70 years together. I'm like, I want to spend 70 years with Elizabeth. And then here I get this diagnosis, uh, stage four bile duct cancer, which is incurable. And you pretty much, they say, oh, you have like a year, maybe mm. a year and a half. Wow. And uh, so the steps from there, um, you know, first of all, we talked to some doctors around there and it was just not hopeful. It was it was really tough. And, you know, I don't think they're trying to be mean, but it was, it was just, there was no hope. And my parents, you know, my, my family, uh, I'm originally from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, which you would not expect there to be a really top-notch medical community. No, you wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> but, but there is. And so they're, they're like, and we didn't necessarily go there cause we're thinking, Oh, we're going to find this awesome opportunity. We were like, you know, my parents are like, why don't you just come back here? Let's pray together. Let's figure this out together. Yeah. And you know, there's good medical care and we'll seek some help here. Um, so that's what we did. We, uh, we ended up going back to South Dakota, meeting with some doctors there. And, uh, yeah, the, you know, like we met with a few doctors and they were kind of saying the same things as the one in Colorado said. So it was again, not hopeful. Um, and then there was a turning point. We, we met with this, I don't even know how we got lined up with him, but he was in the same, uh, cancer center that I met with. And he was this research doctor and he had kind of heard about what had happened to me and, and, you know, and, and anyway, we end up meeting with him and he said, Hey, uh, you know, the, I got good news for you. I know how to treat this. And we're just wow. like, okay, who is this guy? And what is he saying? You know, like the three other doctors didn't say that. So what, what is this all about? And, um, but it was really crazy. It was like, we experienced hope for the first time, like on the journey, uh, just everybody else. It's like every doctor we met with, it was just, it was painful just to hear this news. Yeah. And then this guy says, oh, I know how to treat this. Incredible. Yeah. yeah. And he was And he was in Sioux Falls. He's in Sioux Falls. So that was totally God's hand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, it turns out he's like a, he had used to uh, lead the Sloan Kettering Cancer Center in New York. Um, and he and his whole uh, team of like research doctors had been recruited, recruited to Sioux Falls and uh, was at this cancer center. And what was crazy is when he said that, it was this moment. It wasn't just like, okay, you know, he didn't say, oh, now you're going to be cured. Everything's fine. Right. He just said, I know how to treat this. So, like, there was hope. Yeah. And that was a day we kind of marked in the sand, like, like hope had arrived. Like, mm. And, I mean, I'll get into that more when I talk about the ministry. But, like, uh, there's a couple double meaning of the of the name hope has arrived, but really we felt like hope arrived that day finally. And mm. I remember that moment. The doctor left the room. I'm sitting there with my dad and my wife, and uh, you know we wrote hope on the board and just felt like God had kind of given this this new sense of hope that we hadn't experienced. And it uh, it was so profound that my dad actually reserved the the URL hopehasarrived.com that day. Wow! And he didn't for tell that me day. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. My dad's kind of a man of faith. Uh, yeah. He's a pretty interesting guy. But uh, I, I'm glad he didn't tell me because I would have been like, I can't even think about that right now. Like wow. This guy gave us hope, but he didn't give us 
there's no guarantee here. Like, yeah, w- what's next? You know, yeah. <laughs> but even just to have a treatment at that point, because prior to that, the doctors were like, really don't have any way to treat you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what the other ones had said is just like, you know, there's standard chemo and it might help a little bit, but it's just going to be kind of miserable, is what they said. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I haven't personally gone through cancer, but my dad has had two really serious bouts uh, with cancer. And when you first get that phone call that a loved one has cancer and serious cancer, and man, it is completely overwhelming. And I know there's so many listeners that that's right where they are uh, today. So I really appreciate you coming in. We're going to head to a break here in uh, just a moment. You're listening to Crosswalk with Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary. I have Chris Lawrence uh, with me, a survivor of cancer and also leads a ministry called Hope is Arrived. I also want to remind you that today's show does turn into a podcast. Anywhere you find your podcast, just search Crosswalk Colorado Springs. Thanks so much for listening. Please stay with us. We're going to head to a break, and we'll be right back. This is 100.7 The Word. This is Crosswalk, Colorado Springs, on 100.7, The Word. Welcome back to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. This is Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary. Thanks so much for joining me. Hope that you're having a great day and traffic is not too bad uh, for you today have Chris Lawrence with me today. He lives here in the Springs and has survived uh, cancer and also has a powerful ministry called Hope Has Arrived, really helping people as they're diagnosed with cancer and uh, their loved ones. Uh, Chris, what would you share for someone who's just recently been diagnosed? Uh, they have gone to the doctor and they've heard this this terrible news. You know, What encouragement would you give them having walked through it yourself? Yeah, I mean, I think even if just if I met him in person and we kind of looked eye to eye, there wouldn't even have to be much I would say. They, If they knew I walked through it, they would just say, yeah, you get what I'm going through. And I'd be like, absolutely, I yeah. do. I understand. It is it is a very challenging situation. I think what I would say is I'd say I'm really sad to hear what you're walking through. I mean, it is, it's a club that nobody wants to join. Mm-hmm. It's a club that's it's very unexpected. And uh, I would also say – this is not necessarily your fault. Uh, some of these things just happen. And it's, uh, I would say there's always hope. Like there mm. is hope in the midst of anything we face. And that's not just cancer. That's anything. And that's because of Christ and what he's done. Um, and I would say as hard as this journey can be, uh, you know, you can grow from this. God can accomplish good. God can make beauty from ashes. Uh, I've seen him do it in my life. I've seen him do it in hundreds, if not thousands of other people that I've talked to who face cancer. And so I would say, uh, God loves you, even though it might not feel like that at points in this journey. Um, and I also want you to know that, uh, I, you know, if they had told me their diagnosis, what it was and, you know, some, Hey, any cancer is hard. All right. <laughs> Let's just say that even the most minor thing is hard because of what the door opens in your mind. Uh, but even if your, your diagnosis is a really difficult one, uh, the diagnosis is not a certain future. Uh, hmm. God controls your future. And also people defy their diagnosis all the time. I, wow. 
I, you know, I'm one of those outliers, they call them. Uh, I am not alone. There's, there's, I hear stories hmm. every day, hundreds of stories every day from people that defy their diagnosis. So I would just say, um, if you feel like you've lost your hope, know that you can find it again and that there is hope to find. Yeah. How would you kind of define hope, especially from a biblical perspective? You know, how does Christ come in and give us hope in a terrible uh, circumstance? You know, I, I oftentimes in my own emotions will go up and down in this journey of hope. You know, sometimes I'm, I'm more hopeful or more in a place of trust and then other times where I'm discouraged and my feelings really have gotten the best of me and I'm overwhelmed. You know, how does someone, I guess, access that hope or, or press into it? Yeah. I mean, I think that's, I think that's, I like what you said. That's very authentic because I think if anyone said that they don't struggle with hope, uh, I, I don't know if they're being truthful. I, I think it is, it is a struggle. And the reason I think we even know that it's important is when we lose it. You know, it's like you you realize how vital something is when when there's the absence of it. And I've felt that, and I'm sure other people mm, have in their life. And good. then you're like, oh my gosh, hope is like the air I breathe. You know, how do I make it through life without it? Um, you asked about so how does how does Christ provide that? And I think, I mean, there's a couple different things, but you know, He said in His Word that He's never going to leave us or forsake us. So. Uh, you know, if we belong to him and we know him and what's great is that that invitation is open. Even if you don't have a relationship today or you feel a million miles away, that relationship is open for you. Uh, And he said, I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. I have a plan for your life. And so there's someone who wants to walk with you, show you good in your life. Uh, I don't know what's, what could be more hopeful than that. Yeah. Yeah. I love the fact, too, that Christ is so willing for us to be transparent, and that's a hard process for me, but I love the story in the Gospels where the man says to Jesus, I believe but help my unbelief, you know, and to be able to take that disappointment and unpack it with God, and there's so many places in Scripture where people that love the Lord had honest conversations with the Lord. And, you know, as you've been recently diagnosed uh, and you're looking to find hope, I think having some very real conversations with God of this is not what I expected and I don't know what to do. I believe, but help my own belief. Or, or maybe I don't, I'm struggling to believe you in the midst of this tragedy and this, this, this difficulty. It seems like in that exchange over time, is where hope starts to come in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I guess I would comment on that and say, um, you know, we set out with Hope Has Arrived, you know, uh, to help all people facing cancer. So I guess my heart is not just for people that know God, but for anybody who's facing the struggle. Mm, but along good. that journey, what I found was that uh, one of the most uh, biggest felt needs we're seeing is how do I pray? How do I know that God hears my prayer? Hmm. How do I ask God for help? How do I do that if I feel so far from him or maybe I haven't uh, been close to him in the last few years? And it's just, it's so encouraging to see that that God, uh, he's ready. You know, mm. he's ready and he wants the honest conversation. I mean, yeah. how, can, uh, how can you not be honest when you go through something like cancer and say, hey, this is really tough. This is pushing mm. me. This is pushing my family. This is causing us to 
be afraid. So I, I, I love that there's so much in scripture and, and God inviting us to want to be honest with him. Yeah, it's, it's so good. Well, let's tackle that a little bit of, you know, what kind of advice or can, counsel would you give to the immediate family uh, that they are now walking with uh, a mom, a dad, a brother, sister, a spouse, uh, and maybe even a little bit from your wife's perspective, you know, Elizabeth's perspective, you know, what what were some things maybe she did that was a real win, you know, for you as you walked through uh, cancer? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think if, if there's a couple different angles of that, I would say the first thing is that um, if you're wanting to help that person going through cancer, it's like you want to help when you're, you know, talking with them or interacting, you want to try to help keep the focus on them. I think uh, a lot of times people want to say encouraging things or say, hey, you're a courageous person. And they're re- they really mean well, but sometimes you know, a person going through cancer, the last thing in the world they might be feeling in that moment is that they're courageous. Sure, yeah. And so it almost puts this pressure. Um, I would just say uh, you want to keep the focus on them. Uh, people going through cancer, you know, there's a, there's, a, there's a spectrum of what they need or what they want. Some people struggle very openly. They want support. They want encouragement. Some people are kind of a little more private. You know, they withdraw to just a select few people. Um, but family members, I would also say, so you want to keep the focus on the person going through it. Uh, but also, I think you kind of need your own support because uh, you're going to need to process with people. Uh, you're going to need support. Like one thing that uh, people did for my wife, and there's actually a lot of people in Colorado Springs. You know, we were uh, we were in South Dakota. You know, we moved there for, for treatment. and. But there was people texting us from here, like mm. texting Elizabeth in the middle of the night because we couldn't even get through the nights. Uh, just, you know, she was so scared. And I think I was kind of drugged up, you know, sleeping peacefully. And she's awake worrying. And then she gets these texts from friends who are praying for her. And so I think uh, the family members, you know, you want to keep the focus on the on the patient. But then the uh, family members, make sure you have people that are supporting you too, because you're going to need it. Like it's, it's hard. It, this affects, I'm yet still uncovering un, like stories of my extended family and mm. how my own kind of crisis impacted them yeah. and the ways that they struggled and that also God kind of met them in it too. So mm. thanks for sharing that. That's really, really good. And man, we're praying for those that have been recently uh, diagnosed and for your families as well. This is Crosswalk with Pastor Eric Cartier. Thank you so much uh, for listening. I have Chris Lawrence uh, with me today from Hope Has Arrived. And we're talking through Chris's journey uh, with cancer and how Christ comes and provides hope and meets us in the midst of that. So we're going to head to a break. Please stay with us. You're listening to 100.7 The Word. This is Crosswalk, Colorado Springs, on 100.7, The Word. Welcome back to Crosswalk with Pastor Eric Cartier. Thanks so much uh, for listening. This is 100.7, The Word. We're talking about the subject of cancer, and I know that cancer touches everyone's life. 
you've had cancer or a loved one has had cancer. I know as a as a pastor, we walk with people alongside of people with cancer uh, so very often. I have Chris Lawrence uh, with me, a good friend of mine. And he leads a ministry called Hope Has Arrived. If you've been recently diagnosed uh, with cancer or a loved one, I'd encourage you to go check out their website, hopehasarrived.com. You're going to find a lot of great resources and point you to the hope that Christ uh, provides. Before the break, we left off of just how the family members and also the person diagnosed with, with cancer, how important it is to to share and to talk with, with others, to allow others to bear that burden. And I know with health challenges, it's, it's really helpful to talk with someone who is on that road as well. They have cancer or have had cancer in, in the past. Uh, do you guys have some resources to, to connect people in, in that way? Yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, one thing we have is a uh, prayer and support group on Facebook, and it's a you know digitally based group. I think we're at about six hundred and fifty members, mm. which is actually not a huge group for the internet on Facebook. Yeah. Um, and it's been uh, it's been we've only been around we've only had that group for about two years, but it's it's grown fast. And I would just say the level of supportive community has been pretty awesome and. I've done a, several membership surveys and people are loving it and it's, hmm. they tell their friends and anyway, it's a yeah. great place. It's, it's, uh, it has people who are, you know, facing cancer, a variety of types. It also has caregivers and family members too. So it's kind of everybody in that group. So it's, it's a pretty open group. Was that helpful for you? Did you have anybody in your journey that you could talk with that, had gone through cancer or uh, was even going through a similar type of cancer that you had? Well, so there was a friend that, that God provided when I was in Sioux Falls. I kind of re uh, I ran into this this guy that I'd known. Um, he's a, he and I are both rock climbers, so we you know connected over that. Yeah. Uh, and he's a survivor. It was a different type of cancer. But honestly, cancer is cancer in, in some ways. So, yeah. Um, but that was super encouraging just to meet up with him and just – just to be around another guy. I mean, he's very far out from his journey to like 10 years. So it was just encouraging to hear his perspective and he was just hopeful. I mean, he's, I don't know, that was very helpful. So I'd encourage other people, you know, who is that, that maybe you could talk to. And, and I would say, you know, if you're a survivor and you're just like, this is not helpful, don't do it. Mm, You know, (laughs) cause I mean, I think it's tempting to overlap stories the thing is, everybody's living their own story. Yeah, that's really good. I think that's a good almost litmus test is like, is this helpful? Whether you're the family or the patient going through cancer, you may find talking with others brings a lot of hope and encouragement. I'm sure for some, it's overwhelming. They're like, I I can't really talk about this or hearing about their cancer or what their outcome was. I'm, I'm just not at the mental space to be able to do that. So so really evaluating is it helpful is, is a great, great insight. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's great. I'd love to hear just a, a little bit more, Chris, about how life is now uh, for you. I think there's a really misconception from a lot of people that haven't walked through cancer that if you are fortunate enough to survive, that life just goes back uh, to normal. Um, but, but usually there's some ongoing health challenges you know the the treatment praise the lord is used to save your life but then there's also some long-term effects you know uh, have you experienced that and then those that you've connected with uh, would you say that's a pretty common experience 
Yeah, for sure. I think people, you know, it, it, uh, it's a life is, it's a kind of, a, it's a new life. It's a different life. It's uh, life is not the same. The life that you had before changes. And I mean, we're all changing, but yeah, cancer definitely uh, <laughs> kind of provides a very big change. I think for me, uh, I'm really, uh, you know, thankful to be where I'm at. I'm doing really well health wise and everything. And I've been able to resume an, you know, an active life. Mm. There's some things I don't do as much anymore. Like I'm not, I was a runner before a trail runner. That's not really these days. I'm more of a cyclist now. So, yeah. you know, I can't really take the long-term impact of doing that anymore. But, um, there's a lot of other things that, that are kind of lingering effects. And I think here's the part that's difficult is because I'm doing really well. And I know this with other survivors, it's like, and then if you are doing really well, let's say you don't have any effects, then you have to deal with something called survivor's guilt. Mm. And so it's like, you know, you kind of don't win either way. You're really affected or maybe you're not as much. Praise God if you're not. But then you have the survivor's guilt. So it's kind of a, mm. a double-edged sword a little bit. So something that weighs on you and you think about is so many people pass away from cancer and I survived and you almost feel guilty for that. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. How would you say like your journey with cancer like has it has affected you more personally how you view life your your character how you view your wife and kids yeah I would yeah. I'm sure when you look back you, you go man th- this has really changed me and is changing me yeah uh, yeah I mean I would say it's actually been a huge blessing hmm. um and I know if I was right in the thick of getting my diagnosis and someone told me that I might be like, I can't really hear that right now. Right. So I, co- I totally understand that, but it has been, um, it's been this major perspective shift for me. It's not that I wasn't following God or wasn't close with the Lord before or, but I just had this deepened experience and understanding of it, the hope he provides hmm. and just the perspective of what this life is. And, you know, it's got me asking positive questions, even with my wife. Uh, we've we've had a great marriage. It's been awesome. It's been so fun. But, uh, you know, I was asking questions to her. I'm like, how can I be a better husband? And, mm. you know, I think this was especially in those days when we're like, we don't really know where this is going. We have right. hope, but I don't know. Uh, so we have today. Thank thank the Lord for today. How how can I be a better husband? So, I mean, that's that's a pretty positive question yeah. To be thinking through. <laughs> yeah. I should be asking that more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's really, really, you know, God really does use suffering in our lives. You know, for for a lot of people, it's suffering that even brings us to Christ to to cause us to look for our need for a Savior. Uh, if you don't know Christ is your, your Savior, but also for believers, for Christians, you know, we know the Bible teaches us that, that God allows and uses suffering in our lives. And I wish that my perspective and knowledge of Christ and maturity would simply happen through the blessings of life. And God uses blessings to form us as well. But it's, it seems like uh, he really transforms us and reveals Christ to us in these moments of, of suffering, you know, and it, it's his power, it's his goodness to be able to use suffering in our lives. And I'm like you. When I'm going through it, I don't like pain. I don't sign up for, for trial. But looking back, it is awesome to be able to see, like, wow, God really used this in my life, and he is using this uh, in, in my life. And, and there is a sweetness in, in the midst of that suffering. Yeah, absolutely, I would say. Yeah, yeah, that's great. 
So how can people get in touch with you, Chris, and with, with Hope it Has Arrived, you know, share with us the best ways for people to get in contact with you. Yeah, well, if you want to find out more, you can just go to hopeisarrived.com, and uh, you can also just search it in Google, or if you search it on Facebook, you'll find us. Um, and, uh, yeah, if you want to get in touch, you know, we're always looking for, uh, you know, if you know people that might benefit from Hope Has Arrived. Well, I, I should share this. I mean, we have... We offer stories of hope, like a new one every month, and then we have helpful articles, and we have our prayer and support group. Those are kind of the three main things we offer. And we have, you know, a variety of different helpful articles about, you know, how to fight the fear of cancer or, you know, how do I ask God for help in the midst of it or, you know, uh, what are some challenges that caregivers go through. Uh, There's just a variety of topics. Another one I should point out is – you know, what to say to someone going through cancer or what not to say. We mm. have a, a, a cancer chaplain. He worked as a cancer chaplain for over 12 years, I believe. And uh, anyway, he's it's amazing. You get his his articles, like I, it's like required training for anyone that volunteers with Hope Has Arrived. They're so good. That's great. <laughs> We're going to head to a quick break. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Talk a talk that I don't walk and miss the moments right before my eyes. Crosswalk, Colorado Springs on 100.7. The word. Good God Almighty, I hope you'll find me. Praising your name no matter what comes. Welcome back to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. Thanks so much for listening. Just want to remind you that today's show does turn into a podcast. If you search Crosswalk, Colorado Springs, anywhere you find your podcasts, uh, we're talking about hope, specifically in the midst of cancer. Chris Lawrence is with me today. Just before the break, we were discussing what to say and what not to say uh, to somebody who has been diagnosed uh, with cancer. Chris, is there a couple of things that you just recommend, hey, you really shouldn't say this uh, to someone going through cancer? Sure. And I mean, I think even to say that too, uh, I recognize, I think if you're, people have the best intentions with what they say. And I think, you know, sometimes when you have cancer or someone in your family's going through it, it's like, it's kind of an opportunity to develop a little bit thicker skin in in a good Mm. way. You know, I... But it does. It, it is difficult. Uh, there's a couple of things, and and these two articles on our website are some of our very most popular. But uh, some things our, our chaplain has said, we're we're like, he want to avoid saying, "Oh, I'm really sorry," uh, mm. because that almost implies that you know, like, "I'm sorry you have cancer," or "I'm sorry." And I know people are trying to be compassionate, but that almost implies like a wrong has happened and it's like okay, yeah. this this just happened. I think that's maybe insightful. It might be more appropriate to say something like, I'm really sad for what yeah. you and your family's going through. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't think of that. It's it's pretty natural to say, Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that make that makes total sense. How about something to say? What's a what's a good good thing to to say to someone? Um, I'm praying for you. Yeah. And actually do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mean it. I, I mean, I think that is, uh, who doesn't want prayer, you know? Yeah. And like, I know that people, when they lifted me and my family up, it was hugely impactful. I think other things, you know, just that, especially if there's like a, a level of closeness in the relationship, you know, uh, I'm with you in this, mm. uh, yeah. you know, 
you know, God willing, wherever this heads, I'm with you. Yeah. Like I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. That's you know? really good. That's <laughs> awesome. Would you share with us uh, a God story, you know, of, of hope has arrived, someone contacting your ministry through the website and just how God has used the, the ministry in their life? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we see God doing things every day and uh, we, I should say this, we started in 2018. We've now, as of just the last few weeks, we've surpassed, we've reached over 1.5 million people. And wow. uh, by the end of this year, we'll hit probably 2 million. That's amazing. Which has been awesome. And every week, like last week, I think we saw nine people uh, trust Christ for the first time in their lives. They started a relationship mm. with God, which was cool. Um, That's we amazing. get emails, we get comments. Uh, there's so many stories. I People, they'll they'll write in a lot and they'll just say, hey, you know, this is what's happening. I'm, I'm so scared. Like, how do I, how do I pray or how I've never really connected with God. How do I do that? Hmm. And so we'll write back. I mean, what an opportunity. It's like cancer is such a terrible thing, but, uh, you know, life is short. Uh, yeah. we have this opportunity where we can find that hope in Christ. And so, uh, if what a blessing to be able to, when someone's like, how do I connect with God to be able to tell them that what a blessing. And we mm. get emails like that all the time. Mm. And, Let's see here. Just a story I'll share is we have, this is something with our support group. So we started it like about two years ago. It was actually right before, uh, right before COVID started or right after, I can't remember, but things really kind of took off on Hope Has Arrived after that. But uh, there was a particular lady, um, I'll say her name is Sally. I'm not going to say her real name yeah. um, just for anonymity's sake, but she's a member of our support group and she had lost her husband to cancer mm. and just then she herself got cancer, just going through some really hard times and found our support group and just became a very active member and was you know very encouraging with other people. But she talked about, she actually, lately she is now one of our support group leaders and she said, you know, before I got involved and did this, I was not a person who prayed. But mm. now I pray all the time. And wow. it's been like one of the most amazing blessings of my that's life so cool. is what she said. That's so, really awesome. Yeah. That, that, that's great. I would imagine, you know, if you get diagnosed with cancer, especially something like stage four, stage three, that it can be hard even to want to fight it, you know, to to want to go through the treatments. I'm sure... At times, maybe you struggled with that. You know, here they, they've told me I've got st- stage four. I just met a doctor who said, hey, I can can treat this. And and I guess that's probably where hope comes in at some times to say, I'm even willing to fight this. I'm even willing to go through the tr- treatment and see what might happen. Yeah. Would you say that's true? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think that I think when we lose hope, sometimes we might not even notice and it's going to make us do funky things. Fear Mm. and hopelessness, I think, lead people to some of the craziest decisions and places. And I see this a lot with cancer. You know, it's it's like, what are they doing? You know, they're not choosing to do that or this. Or, you know, I try not to get into the medical. We try to steer clear of that. But but I just think I think people really got to check their heart and say, why am I making this decision? Is yeah, it out of fear? Good. Is it, uh, am I actually living in hope? You know, like that's, mm. I think it's really important. Yeah. I really like that. I think that's the big takeaway from today's show is, man, when we lose hope and, and fear takes over, it does lead us to a really dark place, you know, and, and having hope in Christ that 
God is good, that he does good, that confident expectation of coming good, even though we don't know the outcome, right? There's a lot of listeners where they're like, well, does this mean I'm going to, you know, get through my cancer? And the answer is maybe, maybe not, right? You know, but to know that God is with us in the midst of that. And if, if you don't know the Lord, the opportunity to, to trust him today and tr- trust your, your Savior. There may be some people listening as well that are saying, Chris, I love what you do. Hope has arrived. I've I've been through cancer. I've lost a loved one to cancer. I would love to be there for, for others. Is there an opportunity for people to volunteer or possibly to give financially? Absolutely. Um, you know, right now we are in a place where we're looking for more volunteers. So people can just go to hopeasarrived.com and you can go to contact us and, and do it that way. Or my email is chris at hopeasarrived.com. And uh, yeah, reach out to me, uh, reach out to me, reach out to us, tell us, hey, you know, what are some ways you'd like to serve? We have, you know, opportunities as a prayer, uh, a prayer and support group leader, answering emails, writing content. I mean, there's just so many ways. And uh, the internet is like the multiplying effect, you know, yeah. rather than reaching a couple people, you can reach like thousands. It's pretty, yeah. it's pretty crazy. Uh, uh, the opportunity of just how that message of hope can get out to people. And the whole ministry is primarily internet-based. So as you volunteer, you're you're acting interacting with people online. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. Yep. And so a lot of our resources we do take in person. Like there's uh, there's something called 10 Tips for Facing Your Next Scan. We made it into, it's an ebook, but it's also a printed book. And it's distributed in lots of cancer centers. And mm. there's chaplains that use it. So we do have some like hard copy resources that people actually use. And well, we have like a, a, a book coming out too, a photo book. There's That's a longer story. But yeah, we do also have some in-person resources too. So That's great. I know that God's using Hope Has Arrived. And I think that he's going to continue to really use it in the in the future because it's such a huge need. You know, cancer's not uh, going away. And most likely, you're either going to go through cancer yourself or one of your loved ones is going to go through uh, cancer. So uh, please go look it up, hopehasarrived.com. There's a lot of great resources there if you've been uh, diagnosed with cancer or you're walking with someone as they go through uh, cancer. Again, this has been Chris Lawrence, who's been with me uh, today. I really appreciate uh, you uh, coming in. And Chris, before I let you go, uh, if you could do anything in Colorado Springs this afternoon, what would you do? Oh, that's a great question. There's so many things. But if I had like, how about if I just had like an hour and 15 minutes? Yeah. I would go climb Montezuma's Tower. Yeah. In Garden Garden of the Gods. Gods. Yeah. Done deal right there. That's awesome. (laughs) That's great. Love rock climbing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thanks so much for coming in today. Thanks. Appreciate it. It's been great to be here. You're listening to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs with Pastor Eric Cartier. Chris Lawrence was with me today from hopeisarrived.com. Thanks so much uh, for listening. I'm with you Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays right here on 100.7 The Word. Have a great evening. And treasures they fade are never Then you came along. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.